Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to Dwell, everybody. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about faith. We are talking about the verse that says, where Jesus says, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is from Matthew 17, 20. And today we're talking with Lacey Rabelais. She is a homegrown theologian. She loves to garden. She is excited about this verse because it's talking about this imagery of um, garden imagery, I guess, you know, with the mustard seed. So I'm excited for her to be with us and to kind of educate us a little bit about this verse. So welcome, Lacey. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you pick this verse? Why did I gave you a couple to choose from and you were like, oh, boom, that's the one. Boom. Gardening is the one because one, I like that it talks about faith, but two, because it's talking about gardening. I, I, I really love how much Jesus uses gardening in his teaching. It's easy. I feel like it's easy to comprehend for me, at least maybe not for other people, but I mean, if you Google just an image of a mustard seed and then what grows from that, I think that that makes this first a little more impressive because it's the smallest seed that the people would have known and it grows into a giant tree. Amazing. And for those of you who haven't, like who don't follow Lacey, we'll put her stuff on this so you can, you can check her out. But her Instagram post with her gardening pictures and her little cute family is amazing. Like I, I, are you, have you like take classes in gardening or anything like that? Is this just like a passion, like a self-taught passion? Well, the story's kind of weird. I, I shouldn't say weird. It's all God ordained it all. But my parents live, I say on a farm, like my dad raises horses and cows. I went to school and have an ag degree, an animal science degree with, I wanted to go to vet school. Thank the Lord. He closed that door and opened other ones. When our son, when our first son was tiny, we started gardening like with headlights. Okay. It was pitch black after bedtime. It was a way for my husband and I to just hang out. And it was kind of mindless activity that we could do together, plant seeds, move them, whatever we were doing. And then it turned into, well, he was at work and I gardened during the day, and now he's the muscle for the gardening, but pretty much I do it all. <laughs> I mean, he plants and stuff, but like the daily care yeah. is... No more romantic midnight planting with headlights? <laughs> well, we just, well, now we have lights, but... um, Because I'm, I'm just going to say that is the weirdest date I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> What's really funny is, so before we had like our, por- like this is before we had our porch that has lights and like the shed has lights now, but I do have a picture of us like on a car, on our carport with like the sawhorses, a makeshift table, plants, and like it, it must've been in January when we were getting our seeds ready, but like we have headlights on and 
at the time we didn't have neighbors and I'm pretty thankful because they would have been like, what are these little gardens at night? Like what kind of neighbors do we have? I mean, my husband and I, we like watch movies together. We got to dinner, you know, things like that. But y'all are like, hey, babe, you want to go plant some seeds with me? <laughs> yeah, we're being fruitful and multiplying. <laughs> yes, right. All of the imagery. <laughs> now, now we're like, because after our kids go to bed, I'm always like, man, I forgot to walk because we have chickens. I'm like, I forgot to go shut the chicken coop. I'm like, you want to take a walk? And we like take a walk through our garden. That's our... Uh, that's our date nights these days. It's, that is so actually really sweet. I love it. I absolutely love that, Lacey. All right. So let's get down to the brass tacks of this verse. It is talking about having faith. What is this? talk? I mean, like, can we actually move mountains? Like, what is Jesus saying here? How do we understand this? He says nothing's going to be impossible for you. Like, and I know that people have misused this verse over the years. Of so course. how do we understand it rightly? Because I know that people are like, you just don't have enough faith. That's how come, you know, you didn't get better or that's how come you don't have enough money or whatever the situation is. So how do we understand this properly? My, my homegrown theological friends. <laughs> it's important. Context is important. And mm -hmm. We have to look at the verses before that, which in 14, Matthew 17, 14, is when Jesus, this is Jesus heals a boy with a demon. And mm -hmm. they're all shocked because they didn't see, they didn't realize that. I mean, sometimes I'm like, how are these disciples still shocked? Eventually, you'd think they would be like, oh, yeah, this is no big deal. But they're, I mean, maybe hindsight is 2020. But anyway, then at the beginning of 17, it says, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So he tells them, because y'all are clueless. I'm going to mm. reiterate the fact that it doesn't matter how small your faith is, we, you can overcome things. And that's not to move a mountain or to, you know, name it and claim it a car that's going to happen in your driveway or you have to have faith for things to happen. But when we have faith, God is the one who moves mountains. And I think mm. that it's easy for us to I think now people call it narcissistics instead of exeg like exegesis is when you look at the context and full picture historically mm -hmm. and systematically. But narcissists is when you like make every verse about yourself. So it'd be easy mm. to say, you know, oh, you don't have faith. So you're going to sit in your, you know, misery or whatever. But that's not what Jesus isn't telling them that they're just going to live live in misery because they don't have enough faith he's telling them it's I'm, i mean like I, I don't think people really like to say that jesus was kind of sarcastic but let's he was paul there's lots <laughs> of scripture that and he always i mean most of the time he answers questions with questions mm -hmm. and then it's like you realize your own stupidity when someone asks you a question but it's also so back in Matthew 13, he says the things about seeds again, which he talks about which seed is smaller. And I'm going to read it, Matthew. It's Matthew 13, 32 is when he, sa he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, 
that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. So he's saying mm. that there, if the kingdom of heaven is a tiny seed and it grows into abundance, which is so amazing that you think about the kingdom of God started back in Genesis, but then, you know, all the sinners, all that happened. And then if you think about where Jesus is in the story, he's comes and he's planted. And from him, through faith, all of like the word spread, you hear that in Acts a bunch of times. Word spread, the mm. kingdom spreads, and all of the birds can rest and find comfort in the shelter of a tree. Mm. So it's the kingdom. God moves the mountains. We're just part of it. Yeah, I think that I think that's really good. Good words for us. I think sometimes we take this verse and we kind of want to make God our cosmic errand boy. You know, we want him to do the thing that we want him to do instead of recognizing that this verse is talking about if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Well, what is that faith in? That's a big question, right? It's not yeah. in getting getting the thing that you want. Your faith isn't in, you know, stuff, right, from God. Your faith needs to be in him. And if our faith is in him, right, then that changes everything, right? Because all of a sudden now we're putting our trust in this benevolent, good, generous, kind, you know, all-knowing, sovereign God who is holding everything together and there's a huge difference when, you know, and I think the people who kind of name and claim this verse, they're talking about having faith in getting stuff from God. When this verse is not, there's nowhere in scripture that that's what faith is talking about. Faith is, is faith in, in the heavenly father. I feel like this kind of ties to the, like, God will give you the desires of your heart, which is mm -hmm. like the same kind of thing. But, you know, scripture also tells you that your heart is wicked so <laughs> i think that we have to remember that you probably you probably don't want the yeah, real desires of your heart don't really, not that stuff <laughs> no so when our our hearts have to be aligned with his and then i mean yeah that's what happens so when you're on his team and he's winning then you win not that i mean like that's probably not the best analogy but no, I think that's true, though. Like um, there was a verse that I wanted to bring up when we were talking about this because I thought, you know, this helps us understand what we're talking about. Um, it's from John 14, 13. And, and Jesus says that you that whatever you ask for in my name, then I will give it to you. So it's this this idea, this concept of like, are you on my team? Are you are you doing things in my name, in my character? And so our desires are going to look super different if we if we put them under the headship of Christ. If we put them under, you know, the subheading of okay, these are the things that are in His name, and then all of a sudden, our even our desires change. Like you said, our our heart you know, is transformed because we're being renewed by his word. We're being renewed by the Holy Spirit in us. And it's, it's giving us these desires that are, that are heavenly, right? And that mustard seed of faith is growing into this beautiful tree of his kingdom. And our life is bearing this fruit that's beneficial to everybody, not just 
I'm getting a new boat in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I mean, I think the perf the perfect person, an example of this is Jesus. He said, thy will be done. He wasn't sitting there thinking like, oh, yeah. Did you think that Jesus Christ had faith in God the Father? Yes, probably tons. Yeah. But still, he submitted to the desires of God. And in that, we were all saved. But I feel... Mm. I shouldn't say we were all, not everyone, all who put their faith in Jesus. But um, I think that that's an example of desire of the heart because you got to think that he was fully God and also fully man. And it had to take a lot to say, thy will be done and completely sacrifice yourself. He for sure bore the pain and suffering that we deserved um, in his flesh, which is terrible to think about. I know it is, it is, oh, it's so heavy when you start to think about it. I never, I'll never forget. I watched the passion of the Christ and it was like, I, it's like, that's a one and done movie for me personally. <laughs> like it was so heavy and so graphic and so just, but I, I like for, for years after watching that movie, I probably saw it like whenever it first came out 15 years ago or whatever. And ever since then, it's almost like I can't take communion. I never could take communion in the same way because I really did understand more, you know, visually in my mind was able to conceptualize a little bit better the suffering of Christ on my behalf. And it was just like, what? I can't take this without being, you know, on my knees. So in 2000, anyway, uh, in 2014, they came out with a new series or something. It was like a Netflix series and it was very similar to that. And it like went through Jesus's story and my son was born right before Easter. So we watched it and I made it all the way to like the part where they were showing like Mary, like witnessing his being beaten and stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know how it ends because I've read scripture, but I don't know what the rest of the series turned out because I couldn't, I mean, postpartum hormones probably don't do well with that, but it was <laughs> right. Right. It was a whole new, it was just a whole new viewpoint to have a child this mm -hmm. tiny little baby and look at it like that. And I mean, who big sanctification process happened there. Hmm. Well, lady, we are out of time for this episode, but we're going to come back and talk one more time about this verse and what does it mean to have faith? And uh, I'm excited to, to get to pick your brain a little bit more Lacey. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.